RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, a duet actual play podcast using the Savage World system in our custom science fantasy setting. Thank you for listening, and welcome back to Caldonics. Previously on Neon Heat, Athena and Zadal are engaged in combat with a Cory creature in its lair after disturbing a pool in search of resources. Zidal begins to create distance between himself and the more physical assailants, several bugs who have absorbed powers from nearby crystals, as he helps Athena make an ill-advised attempt at mental contact with the Cory presence. After escaping an acidic and goopy embrace, Athena pulls back as well, and not without taking several licks on her way out. The two of them manage to escape mostly intact, bumps and bruises, but safe for now. The room is dark. Maybe it's not a room. It's hard to tell. There are scattered objects and something is bumping into them. Maybe they can't see either. Metal scraping on stone. Not hurried, not like something that's scared. Occasional small pebbles getting kicked with a slightly lazy step. It doesn't smell like anything here. Not the damp of caves or the metallic of city buildings. The footsteps continue. Where are they going? Forms slowly begin to resolve themselves in the darkness like a, like a camera that's been sitting outside all night to take in all the light. And we can see forms, jagged structures, jutting out from the floor, twisting and spiraling into the sky. Opaque, maybe a little translucent in some spots, but they reflect a light through them. Blue, and then it's gone. And then it's back again. It blinks. Oh, their eyes. (laughs) glowing through the darkness. They stop and they look and they observe, interest flitting this way and that. Not sure what caught their eye. Everything looks so the same here. And the sky just goes on forever and it's so black. And then there's something growing behind the form as they walk, shining some light on the form, his form, Walking, looking, stopping, hiding. What is 
What is he hiding from? His steps get more hurried, and he keeps going. And the light keeps growing. All of the objects he's walking by, they just suddenly illuminate from inside, and it's all pink purple, like a sunrise. His form is still mostly black with some rim light here or there, except for his eyes. Footsteps on stone, not his, not boots. Bare feet on stone, almost as unhurried as he is. And the room didn't smell like anything before, but now, now ozone's everywhere. Curly hair, a dress, is backlit by a blinding white light that peels out towards the edges, the same color as the crystals, and their eyes are glowing so bright. So bright they look white hot. Their dress trails along after them, catching up almost like an afterthought. But then she sees him, and it happens so fast. These jagged crystal spears fly forward like lances. The impact doesn't even make a noise. Just a pained exhalation. She pins his tiny body to the wall like a moth in a display case. And his trench coat flutters to a stop, almost like he's frozen in time. She pins him up against another crystal. And his blue just leeches out into it till there's none left. The woman walks forward, and she gets close enough to his face, to the glow coming out of his eyes, an alien color. It's not his, it's not his, but it's enough to cast light on a long face with two scars glinting dimly off of a metallic circlet. Somewhere distantly, you feel tugs, slight jostles and shakes, making the darkness around you vibrate slightly. The sound is far away, but seems to be getting closer. Dina. <laughs> hey, hey. Her eyes open one at a time, already sleep crusties stabbing at them when she looks up at his eyes. And she's so relieved. That they are blue. Blue and safe. And she's a bit distracted from that now by the raw, aching burn on the skin that was exposed when she got exploded on. And she instinctually kind of goes to touch it. And that's not a good idea because it fucking hurts. And she just goes, ah! <sighs> Before her head falls back on the moss on the rock that they're hanging out on oh, and just takes stock of how her body is feeling right now it's mostly bad hey think you needed to catch 20 winks there i'm sorry no it's uh it's okay you really went through the ringer back there it wasn't so bad mm. he nods eyes on you I don't think she wants him to look at her face so much right now after her very guilty dream. She just rolls over and grabs his middle in a hug. Mm. He pets your hair. 
I'm sorry uh, I wasn't much more help back there. No, you're fine. It's gonna be okay. We're doing well. You got me the the fuel I need. I'll be in better shape. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought you to see Azalea. Why? Because then you, would, you wouldn't be down here. And... So then you'd be <laughs> down here by yourself? I, I don't know. I... She looked just like her. I never got to say goodbye. And she hurt my mom. There's a subtle brightening of his circuitry, and he shifts to look out over the looming darkness beyond. But I don't think he really knows what to say to that. So he keeps petting your hair and listens. My, gra my grandfather knew. He knew the whole time. I could have helped. If he would have just told me and we wouldn't be stuck down here right now. Maybe. Or maybe somebody would have found out or tipped off a Laracorp and they would have moved faster. And Bolt was there? So did he just know the whole time? I got a couple of questions to ask him. How am I supposed to put him on the fucking Alaricorp throne if he was there too? That was always the goal. Whose goal? My grandma's. Him. But I don't think she. I don't think she knew. Has he just been playing me like a fucking idiot this whole time? I don't think there's an actor alive that is that good, personally. The amount of times I've been surprised in the past couple months. So I don't know. Listen, I, I ain't saying it's impossible. I just don't find it likely. My guess is he's just another puppet. You know, he's just another tool used by somebody else, but maybe he did know. But your grandma may have known. Maybe she didn't. But she ain't around for a task right now. She didn't know about the mines. I mean, she suspected, but she didn't. She didn't know. Oh, it was her plan to, what, put Bolt on the Olericorp throne to do what? Be pliable. I assume she thought I'd off his uncles for... Would you have? Will you? Yes. Are you doing it for her? Because she wants you to? I think. I don't know. I just... Sometimes I just like being told what to do. It's... It's easier, it's... I... <laughs> but no, I would've. Regardless. After hearing what Azalea said. And she nestles in a little closer and the camera just sees sees what he can't in her furrowed brows and, and glassy eyes. As her hands grip him a little tighter through the polymer armor. It's always, always easier to let somebody else tell you what to do. You can be happier that way. Things are a lot simpler. Put your trust in someone else and just believe that what they're saying is right or that they have your best interest at heart. But that ain't usually how it works out. And sometimes being strong and doing the right thing means making up your own mind. 
But whatever your reasons are, whatever your truths are, nobody can tell you what that is. But I trust your judgment more than I trust hers. I don't know what her ultimate goal is, if she just wants to be in control, if it's a power thing, or if she thinks it's the best for everybody. I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe there's truth in what she wants too, but don't just believe her because she's your grandmother. I'm not saying don't distrust her, just, you know, don't turn off your brain because it's easier. I've seen that six ways to Sunday. I think it was just to get Alaricorp out of the city. Not, you know, entirely, just focus the interests elsewhere. It's rare that anybody does anything for one particular reason, or for only one reason. Maybe that's cynical of me, maybe that's not fair. But the best manipulators, they find ways to tie things together. They make sure they're not expending excess effort, or that when they are expending effort, they're getting more than enough done. That's all. But you ain't gonna have to do this alone, Athena. You're not alone anymore. I'm here with you. You got a lot of friends. You got resources. You... <laughs> She brought me back just to kill Troya. So, um, did she bring me back as a, as a shield or as a, a gun to hold the people's heads? I guess I can do both. The best manipulators don't do something for one reason. You multitask. We're a convenient solution. She got to bring back a granddaughter, new power player back into the city structure, shake things up, advance her agenda... I believe that she cares about you, Athena. It's, she was keeping an eye on you that whole time. That can't be nothing, right? She wanted to give me space. Well, also invading your privacy. <laughs> the perception of space, I guess. Ah, perception. How others perceive you. How we want others to perceive us. That's the entire point of social interaction, right? Social construct. What do you mean? I mean, it's all games, it's all politics, it's all facades. It is very, very rare that someone is actually who they appear to be 100% when you look at them. We all have things that we hide from the world, from ourselves, from other people, for any reason. Shame, embarrassment, strategy. What do you think Olivier is hiding? He takes a long moment to consider that. Legs are dangling over the edge of the rock you guys are on, swinging them back and forth just a little bit as he continues to pet your head, and you can feel the light hum of energy from his circuitry. Well, what, what all do we know about her? She's higher up at Alaricorp, she's an information broker or a spymaster or something like that. She's lost family, too, now that we know of, or that she knows of. She's been involved in the mine collapse. She's still working from the shadows, she's somehow connected to you, or rather you're somehow connected to her, maybe? I guess some of that's still just guesswork, but... I guess that's something to talk to Benicia about, huh? If <laughs> she'd tell us. Well, she's had some time to herself, uh, maybe with Silas. Hmm. I don't know how comfortable I am with that. Yeah. What are we gonna do about Silas? Hmm. Keep an eye on him. 
I feel like that's probably my biggest reason to stay in regulation right now is just keeping an eye on him. If that's what we need, there could be better ways of doing that, but I think it's smart to keep an eye on him. I just don't know what to expect anymore. I mean... Should we keep him closer? How? In what way? I don't know. Involve him more. Invite him out to karaoke sometime. <laughs> I, I would not expect him to be a very good singer, but maybe that's uh, one of his secrets. I don't know what the you know, it, it, it all comes down to who do you put your faith in? He's he's done good and he's done bad, but we all have in some ways. Yeah, I really am in no position to throw stones there. You believed him once, right? Yeah. Yes, it just comes back to what does he want? What's his motivation? He became the Oculus because he didn't think anybody else would do it right. So probably a bit of pride in there at least <laughs> at least so he either wants to do his best to keep the city safe or he's a crazy power hungry person that just wanted the position for status and influence in which case he still has a concrete motivation that can m motivate him I don't think a status climber would do it just judging by the amount of paperwork I've seen on his desk I'm inclined to agree. I don't, I don't think that's his motivation. But we also know that his brain has been gunked up for a long time, and he's had how much time now to settle in with his new arrangement. Think about where you were two months ago. Oh boy, uh, confused, scared. <laughs> Running. Exploding. Probably some other things in between. We should keep seeing him, even just casually. Because it's isolating, even when you got a brain friend. And maybe that would help keep one of his feet on more solid ground, if not both. That makes sense. Keep him friendly. That's probably what he's doing with us, though, too, huh? Maybe. All about perceptions, right? It's what we see. It's uh, what we hear from people. It's what we hear about people through the grapevine. It's what we can intuit. Putting those facts together, but the only way to get more of those facts is to to be there. I don't like distrust in people. I would like to believe the best. It's just not always very practical. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta take a leap. Um, while we're on the uh, the subject of Azalea, <laughs> I just want you to know that uh, that I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I mean. As much as I can, I'm gonna have uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have some baggage to unpack. You notice that he's started to fidget more. Like he's still brushing your hair, but he's doing it faster, and maybe he's tapping his other hand mm. on the stone. It's a lot to take in. Uh, yeah. But um, but I ain't going anywhere. I, I'm not about to run off and go find myself or anything like that. Cause <laughs> I don't really think that's how it works, but... Could I, of anybody, cast aspersions if you did? What do you mean? <laughs> what did I do for seven years? Oh, yeah, well... If you need some time to do readjustments, that's understandable. Well, there's stuff I gotta figure out, but uh, I think time is a, a resource that we don't always have. I, I, If I'm being honest, I do better when I'm moving mm -hmm. rather than idle um 
I'm sorry for uh, how you see me sometimes. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not proud of uh, of that part of who I am, and I don't. I don't want that to be part of who I am. I guess I just gotta find some better coping mechanisms or something. I can help if you want. I don't know how, but if you think of something, I just want you to be happy. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? This helps. But, uh, I got a lot of questions now. Like, what does the alloy know about me, about things in general? I just gotta wonder now about my people, what it all means, and, uh, who's really holding the keys to the kingdom. If somebody's going around taking care of people showing up in the city that aren't supposed to be here, how that works, and I don't know. I think, uh, I think if things go bad, then I gotta be prepared to do something. Like what? I don't know, Dana. I mean, this is, this is the alloy. This is, this is a degree of authority above the city council for me. This is, this is the very top. I mean, there is nowhere higher than this. And this has been a sword hanging over my head my entire life. Just the, the looming threat of, I, I don't even know. I just... Just thinking about it is makes my head spin and makes me want to just crawl into a hole and pull it in after me. <sighs> so I, I I don't know. I'm just I got a lot I got a lot of feelings. Um, but I guess what I'm really saying is because the alloy has authority concerning Arrow, if something's wrong and they put me on some sort of blacklist, I, I don't I don't know. I I have to wonder now if. Sometimes when people disappear, you know, I just, I just don't know, Athena, if that's been happening this whole time behind all of our backs. She sits up in, in a measured way, not real fast all at once, grabs both sides of his face. I would never let anything like that happen to you. He puts one of his cool hands over yours, stares back at you. I know that. I don't know what could happen, especially, especially if we're in their sanctum, you know, I just, and then what happens if you're there and you help me and things go bad and then you're just blacklisted from the city too, and you gotta run again, or you gotta go to somebody else and get them to advocate for you and then we got a, a, a possible civil war situation where the alloy is, I, I don't know, I'm, I feel like I'm spinning off the handle right now. I just, I don't, I don't want to upset the balance that we have when we already got somebody knocking on the front door. But I can't not, I can't do nothing. I got to do something. And I can't pretend I don't know anything because, especially after disappearing, Anji either decided not to go to him because she panicked and she's trying to find me to, you know, stop that from happening and buy more time before, you know, we get recalled. I'd believe that. Or she's given up, and to save her own skin, she went to the alloy and reported it to be a good sweeper. Good little bodyguard. So I I don't know what we're going to walk back to, but... Oof. Okay. Um. Sorry to... Maybe I should have waited till we were out of here, but... <laughs> Listen, I don't think that patch of moss is going to tell anybody. Huh? 
I think I just gotta be straight up with the alloy, right? I just gotta tell him what's going on. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe being straight up is the right thing. Nothing to hide. What would you tell him? I mean, what are you laying out for him? Um, what do you think my chances of getting iced on the spot would be if I told him about Vi? I, I have no idea. That's probably a better question for Anji than me, but... <laughs> yeah. The lady with a gun arm? Yeah, the lady with a gun arm whose job it is to kill people like that on site who reports yeah. to the alloy, so... Well, uh, you know... I, I just don't know. I, I... I think we have a bargaining chip with Dakira, even knowing about her. I mean, Alaricorp had to steal her. If Vi is part of her, I don't think she would have just left defected because if if her if her core want was wanting to change and impact the city and I bet she was making trouble for somebody and if Alaricorp was coming in to do who the fuck knows what with the mines maybe it was a clean sweep maybe she was nosing around their business too much a lot of ifs, but I bet Olivier knows more. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that makes logical sense, so, yeah, sounds like we gotta go find somebody who knows more than us and ask real nice. I'm very polite. He smiles in his eyes. I know. You can ask real good. <laughs> can you, uh, can you help me with this? He says, sort of gesturing to the basin of Cory. Oh my god, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to fall asleep. I know, I think, uh, I think you needed the rest more than I needed this. And, uh, I kind of need your help for it anyway. Well, thank you for your patience. Thank you for helping me live. <laughs> yeah, you got it! So let's talk out of character for a minute about Arrow and Cory. Mechanically, the dependency is just that they need to interact with or, you know, be around a source of the power for at least an hour a day to not get the the fatigue and stuff like that. I have not put anything concrete in, like, the setting stuff that says the quarry they interact with has to match the thematic type that they are, right? Like, Zadal is clearly a gas-based mm -hmm. quarry arrow. I think it makes sense if it's more difficult, if it's a different type, but... I also don't want to put on, like, an unnecessary mechanical complication that hasn't been outlined, right? I actually had an idea. Okay. She was going to make a little metal tube, essentially. Like a, like a, uh, what are those flasks? Like those alchemist flasks that you put over like a an little Alembic fire. Type yeah. Thing? Okay. So she was going to make it into that kind of shape with, like, a form fit to his face. So she's just going to hotbox him. An alembic is for distillation. A filter, maybe? Like a pH filter? I, I know generally what you're describing. I just feel like there's a word for it. I remember in The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, there were four different alchemy tools that would do different things for potions you made that you no could shit. have in your inventory. One of them was a mortar and pestle. One of them was an alembic. The calcinator and the retort. I was thinking of one with like the skinny long neck. Well, this is what an Alembic looks like. Mm, that is what I was thinking of. Thinking yeah. 
So like the the basin's the big half, and then there's a tube that would feed into a smaller enclosed thing that she's just gonna shape right around his face. Gotcha. Well, I think that's a really cool idea. So take a Benny for just yeah. the description of that because that's very cool. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean, if you are you guys chilling here for a while, or do you want to do this on the move, or? We'd probably just hang out here for a while. If it's got to be an hour, she doesn't want him like walking around with a inflexible metal thing and she's got to keep heating it from the bottom. Okay, so what I'm going to say... Or maybe she can make a little fire out of some moss and shit. I think it's reasonable to say you could gather some stuff and then cast Bolt to set it on fire and then just feed it that way. That's fine. I don't want to, like, over-punish you for stuff like that. So I think that's a cool idea. Um, She picks only the finest moss with the fewest blood drips on it because those don't catch as well. You're able to find enough fodder down here that you can start a fire and at least continue feeding it for an hour to make enough of a flame to heat this up. Nice. And Cory is a strange substance, and this this Cory that you've gotten was definitely more of an acidic-based Cory that has a more caustic effect, so maybe its base temperature is already higher. Maybe it just has a lower boiling point. There you go. If you just want to spend a power point to cast bolt... That's fine. And then you guys will get some stuff back over that hour so you can recover five power points as you're resting. I'm not going to make you roll for a bolt. Actually, I lied. Roll for the bolt. That's why I figured. Because every time you fail, you lose a power point, so. Yeah. Perilously close. (laughs) Try again. So that's one power point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Four. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 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 The parrot. All right, so that takes you two power points, and then over this next hour, you will recover five power points. Because you could probably light something with lightning, right? I'm cool with that happening. Cool. So you light it up for Zadal. He has his little metal mask over and just sits there and inhales the vapors. And you do notice as he's inhaling it, the trickles of that purple lilac going through his color scheme from time to time. But then they start to dissipate Mm. back into the same light blue and dark blue as the vapors of his eyes swirl and I will mark off a point of his fatigue. Noise. And the other point will go away after this segment of time is done. Cool. Uh, while he's chilling, Athena's gonna drink some water. Nice. Delightful. She's also gonna use maybe a little bit of it to clean uh, some of her acid wounds. Maybe with a healing. Yeah, if you'd like to use healing. I do have a D4. Go for it. Would you like Zidal to try to help you? Uh, yeah. I think he's untrained, but what's he going to do? Crit fail? What's he going to do? You want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, no. no. Unless you want him to Benny it. Uh, nah, we're going to need that later. He got a two and a two. Minus two is a zero, zero. Well, and another minus one because of city. Well, a D4 healing. Somebody's got to blow up. Nobody did. Oh, boy. Unless you want to use your Benny. No, I might need that later. She's just going to hurt. Sit there and hurt. He's patting moss on it. Yeah, maybe she is trying to pack moss into it, honestly. If it's bleeding, she doesn't have any, like, medical supplies. All of this is from the caustic. She's not actively bleeding. This is more just... Except for where it poked its nose in. Yeah, maybe that one spot, but everywhere else, it's more just your... It's like a burn. Your Mm. skin has been seared and almost melted in patches. Just like her back. Yeah. But at least this isn't permanent. (laughs) Maybe. Didn't incapacitate you. (laughs) Nice. So just realistically, I'm trying to think what skin would have been exposed. Probably just her neck. So that probably got a brunt of some of the splash and then whatever ate through her armor on her chest. Okay, well, an hour passes. 
this is just going to consume whatever core you guys had gathered. It's It needs to be enough in volume that he can retain it. It's reasonable to think that if you wanted to keep some extra water for yourself, you could, but... Yeah, she's not going to go crazy, like, drinking all of it at once, because that's how you barf. Eventually, there's enough that it's only, like, a water bottle size. <laughs> so she just keeps that as a long little carabiner that she made herself. I like it. Well, it's time to navigate. Off we go. What are you doing? How are you doing it? Can she use Detect Arcana to see which way Cory Crystals might be lacing through the walls? Just see which way the energy's flowing, maybe? Okay, sure. An essence throw? Yes. yes. <laughs> Six. That is a success. Nice. Athena, as you sit here in this cavern, perhaps as the last of the Cory bubbles into mist, which Zadal inhales, you stretch out your senses with your Detect Arcana ability to just look at the energy residue of the quarry around you and to sort of feel that pulse and flow in what direction it's leading you in. And it does seem to be more concentrated towards one particular tunnel than the others. More than that, it's more of a familiar feel. It's hard to put a finger on it because all quarry is different, but it feels like something that you would brush up against closer to home. Okay. That's better than nothing. She tells that to Zadal. Yeah, no <laughs> He uh, moves his face away from the metal mask just a bit and says, Yeah, I mean, you're definitely the expert, so I trust you on that. And uh, familiar is better than not, I think. Unless it's bad familiar, in which case it, it, it isn't. But that, that, I'm going to stop talking. It feels more homey, I think. Or is it, uh, maybe, no, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Could be good, could be bad, but it's familiar either way. Well, we gotta move in a direction, and that sounds better than the one we just came from. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going back that way. I'm all for it. I feel much better, and my joints are moving and good, and good. I'm ready to go, so I can take point if you want to take it a, a little easier. That could be good. Definitely earned it, and um, thank you again. Oh, yeah. I'd carry on my back, but I don't think I can. I mean, I can literally fly, so... Hey, show off. Come on. <laughs> She's, she sits on her shield. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Like Just for it. a little bit. And I like that, and I'm fine with that. If she that's can how only she's... go at her normal pace anyway. Oh, I mean, it'll still be faster than if, you know, wounded. Yeah. Because it's just your pace of six. If you're actively using your powers, you will not be regenerating power points during that time. Mm, which I'm, I'm fine with, but... She hurts so much right now. That's not really in her brain as a consequence. She's just cross-legged, leaning forward. She's hoping he's paying attention. He keeps a hand on the shield and pulls it behind him like a sled. This is fun. We should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, well, good thing you can carry your own weight, huh? Mm-hmm. We watch them disappear into the darkness. Several uneventful hours pass in darkness and mist and silence. The scene fades back in to find two distant figures climbing their way over mounds of stone, walking along makeshift bridges that zigzag their way over gaping chasms. In this particular cavern, more than most others, there is vast, empty space. 
However, the darkness is pierced by spiraling lances of quarry crystals that appear from somewhere in the void beneath them and jut all the way out of sight above. Massive root-like structures, spindly and thin, nothing like Azalea's bulky crystal, but far longer and presumably far deeper reaching. The colors shift and pulse, not as bright as many crystals that you've seen closer to the surface, indicative of the energy level of the quarry that passes through the glass-like shards. As he pulls himself up and over the lip of one rock edge and extends a hand down to you, he nods off to one side. Oh, look at this one. There's like a little energy current that runs through it. It's like a circuit or something. Really? Yeah, it goes up and then it goes back down and doesn't seem regular. Like it's a closed circuit kind of thing? I guess. Uh, I I know a bit about electronics, not like too much, honestly. I'm always scared of the electrical shocks. They don't feel too good. I'm a pretty dangerous lady to know then. Hey, uh, dangerous part of the excitement, right? I guess. I I appreciate your self-control with that, specifically around me. I have the most restraint out of any person I've ever met in my life. Mm. She says leaning closer to the crystal. (laughs) She wants to touch it. See if it feels different than, like, a normal one. You put your finger on it, I mean, you can feel the pulse of energy beneath the surface, but it just feels warm. Maybe Mm. when you touch it, it's like one of those plasma lamps. Ooh, nice. And you can see, like, the energy focusing on your fingertip and tiny little electrical sparks that match the dull red coloration of this particular one. But the colors are not uniform around here. Huh. She drags it around a little bit to watch it follow bumps him with her hip and says, does it do that when you touch it? Let me try. He puts his finger up and it does. There's a separate one that jumps from the nebulous central energy to the edge that illuminates where his finger is pressing and he starts to draw designs with it. And it doesn't stay, it fades immediately, but he's having fun. Hip checks you back and says, alright, come on. Alright. Yeah, you're As you guys continue to walk, he points to one of the very distant crystal spires that has another one of these closed circuit lights running through it. And he says, oh, that one's going through. Look, maybe they, let's race it. Oh, shit. I call that one. Damn it, that's bigger. (laughs) Of course it's going to win. It's not, no, it's not size one. Fine, I'll take the small one. (laughs) And she winks at him. Uh, you don't want to look at you go. Look at me go. I'm winning. Damn it. Would you like to roll a d6? Just one d6? Yeah, just one d6. I got a one. I got a three. <laughs> Shit. Aha! <laughs> Success! See, I'm good at picking stuff. <laughs> yeah, she snorts a little and she puts up her hands like a, like a sort of, all right, all right, you win. And starts walking through the spindles like crystal again, trying to ford their way through. You guys continue to walk forward through the prismatic roots of these quarry crystals. Is it hot? No, it's warm. Like sexual, though. Oh. (laughs) Obviously. But the room itself is temperate. You guys have gone through cooler and warmer rooms. This one's just like average room temperature. Because the while there are these spears of quarry crystal going around, it's very wide open and it's very cavernous. It doesn't trap heat very well. Gotcha. It's like constantly. You can feel it pushing up from beneath you and rising past you. She's idly poking ones as she goes by, like not... Not hard, but just trailing it along to feel the little static go up her arm again. 
Athena, as you continue to trail your finger, you guys are nearly at the end of this particular stone bridge towards the exit of the cavern, which you believe you can see a little further ahead. There's this soft resonance that hums when you touch the closest crystal this time, and from the spot where you've put your finger, a ripple runs outward. This particular crystal is like a faded yellow, almost like a hay yellow. It starts to get a little brighter as that ripple runs outward. You hear that resonant note. Hmm. And then in a small radius around you, the several other crystal roots start to make that same resonant note and their colors all shift to the same shade of dull, hay-like yellow. And that note picks up in intensity because it's now being rebounded off of all of them. All of them, all of them? Only the ones in the closest vicinity to you. Does it bump out like a sound wave? It's more like a building pitch. Ugh. Athena's rooted for a second. Distantly and likely from somewhere beneath you, you hear the shifting of something on stone. Her eyes are big and they're gonna run. They're gonna go. She grabs his hand. She starts running. She does not say why. Not again. Not again. Not again. So down there. We, we gotta go. We cut forward to find Athena and Zadal in hot pursuit, or something in hot pursuit of them. We hear an insectoid <laughs> as you guys continue making your way out of this tunnel. It's a relatively wide tunnel, and you can feel the air opening up above you. The creature shoves its way into the relatively narrow passage. An enormous pseudo-scorpion, a large bulbous body like a tick, many pairs of skittering legs and two enormous pincers that it's attempting to nab you with. Its body glows with a bright yellow light that hums and pulsates like a miniature sun. Oh, God. We're going to treat this one as a quick encounter. Okay. I will tell you at this point that you have accumulated enough successes that you are making your way out of the tunnels. Oh, uh, yes. So this is you guys exiting. This is your final obstacle. We're just going to handle it here. A quick encounter is basically a single roll encounter where you're going to tell me how your character tries to affect the situation. We'll figure out what the role is. You'll make a role, and then based on that role, we'll have consequences. <laughs> and you and Zidal both get to make one here. No action cards are dealt in a quick encounter. Instead, I describe the scene, and the players agree on a general plan of what each of their characters will do. Once everyone states their intent, they can pick the skill that best represents their actions during the encounter. You tell me what Athena is going to do here, and then what Zidal is going to do as well, and we can handle it. How fast is this thing? I think it's probably about the size of, like, a large domba or a bull. Okay. So it's pretty big. I think it has the same general pace as you guys, but its bulkier form makes it difficult to navigate the tunnels with its huge pincers. Check so that. with you being wounded, it's probably moving at about the same pace. So, okay. you know, it's more a matter of, like, not falling behind. Could Athena have pulled Zadal up onto the shield platform and be piloting away while he's taking a called shot for, like, its eyes? Yeah, I think that's cool. She's the wheel man. Nice. Okay, who do you want to roll first? I want to see how good she is at getting away. Okay. So would that just be a piloting roll, you think? I'll give you a Benny for actively volunteering piloting instead of your essence, because 
your I mean, she is piloting, I think. But it's also flight, which is linked to your mm. background and your powers and stuff, so. Bless you. I'm gonna spend that, Benny. Okay. <laughs> Just to see. Just to see. Sure. Because it was a failure. Mm. And that was two. So I guess they're going probably slower than the thing chasing them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which might make it easier for him to get a called shot. Okay, if a character fails their role in a dangerous encounter, they take a wound. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Wounds may be soaked as usual. I will use this Benny to try a bigger roll. Because I have another one. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would love to I would love to Benny that for, okay, for yes. a little vigor roll uh, right wounds there. Wounds may be soaked as usual. So this is a dangerous encounter. This is all more nebulous in general, and it's yeah. meant to not be a tactical battle. So we're just trying it out, doing some fun stuff. So wounds may be soaked as usual. Okay, so I got a minus two, minus two penalty. Only two. Only wounds. Only wounds right no now. No fatigue. After 24 hours without enough food, the victim makes the vigor roll. Subtract one if they have that, blah, blah, blah. With a success, they're fine. Failure means they gain a fatigue level. I think I succeeded um, at did. one of the vigor rolls. You did. But yeah, cool. So that's basically it's another 24 hours before gotcha. you have to do it. So you're fine well, on cool. that for now. So I'm going to make my vigor roll with my minus two current wounds. Hot dog. That's a five. That is a success. Yes. What do you think the hazard is here that's going to cause a wound? Is it the creature? Is it while you're piloting? No, is it's it... definitely while she's piloting. She's too close to the ceiling and she cracks her head off of a stalactite. Oh, geez. It stuns her for a second and they drop <laughs> substantially. She gets it back up. Just zoom in. She's trying to corner real well. She's got her feet, you know, like <laughs> metaled in. Sure. <laughs> like a snowboard. And Zadal is hanging on for dear life, aiming uh, as you guys are going. If he's taking a shot that's going to be shooting... Unstable uh, platform. Correct. Mm -hmm. Got it. Look at you pulling out those rules. Oh, yeah. So, I got him. I got him up here. Going to be at a minus two, but he does not have any fatigue anymore. And this creature is extremely bright, so there's no vision penalty. Mm -hmm. It's close enough that there's no range issues. Okay, so D8 at minus two. two. And he has one Benny left. It would be cool if he could use it. Okay. He has used his last Benny. Okay. That's a seven. Mm, my. Okay, that is a success. If a character gets a success, they emerge with only bumps and bruises. A raise means they escape unscathed. Okay. So he will take bumps and bruises from this encounter. Do you think that comes also from the stalagmite? The God, stalag she probably falls into him and he gets crunched against the shield a little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so it goes... Ugh. As he is pinned down on the shield, we see him take a point of view shot, his arm wavering and just like he's in a fucking X-Wing and the creature's <laughs> a TIE fighter and we're watching it go back and forth in the, the targeting meter. But no, he waggles his hand, manages to steady it right as the creature rears up with its two pincers and is going to loom over you. And he squeezes off around. We see a bright flash of energy as it smashes into the creature's eyes and it lets out another shrieking hiss. Yes. <laughs> From its maw, there's a yellow laser beam that shoots out and... <laughs> Excuse me? It opens its maw and you can see coalescing energy that forms into a piercing golden yellow ray that shoots out as it rears back and just carves a swath into the ceiling. Chunks of stone and debris begin to fall down and smash through the passage. 
So considering how fucked it looks like we might be and how big that thing is, can I play my adventure card? Yeah, sure. What is it? Here comes the cavalry. Read it off. I thought you guys would never get here. Help arrives from some source determined by the GM. Okay. As you and Zadal are hurtling up the tunnel, desperately trying to make it out into open air, and this creature just closes in on you and rears up, you can see the same yellow-gold energy coalescing in its maw about to take form. And then there's a swirl in the air around you and a fluttering of wings. Out of seemingly nowhere, a massive cloud of Siku moths appears dotted with a familiar, brilliant orange energy, swirls in a spiral above the creature and spreads out like a fog or a blanket to obstruct its vision. A voice cries out from further up the tunnel. Everyone get in and push it back! Athena's wounded and sleepy and hungry brain coalesces two brain cells, just two to rub together, and she says, We made it to prison! As that thought leaves your mind, you see a couple of other indistinct shapes rush past you. One of them is a sweeping avian form that poofs the tiny Velnakir with brown hair, appears in a leaping posture before shifting again midair and landing on the ground as the form of a bulky domba charges headlong into the creature to smash against it with a great crunch, stepping up Another familiar form with a glorious pink pompadour leaps into the tunnel and slides down several feet before anchoring themselves, and you hear a piercing whistle build from a low basso note up into something shrill, and you can feel the tunnel around you vibrating, the force of the air shifting as it blasts back against the creature. That's fucking cool. And finally, moving to join them, the unmistakable silhouette of your friend and partner, Isaac Russo, charges past you. There is a slow moment as your eyes meet. He gives you a small sidelong smile before he joins the Domba, and you see a ripple run through his form before he thrusts both hands into the creature, and you see that pulsing red energy meet the golden yellow and then begin to eat outwards as it disintegrates the form from within. Oh my god. It's another several moments as they bear down against this pseudo-scorpion creature. It hisses and rears back and does its best to escape, but the onslaught is immediate, swift, and decisive. <laughs> she pulls a 180 on her shield, it almost looks like when a skater goes up a half pipe, that arcing upwards momentum quickly turning downwards. And she helps it all hop off of it as she does at the same time with a running leap as she recalls her shield into the bicep and forearm of her prosthetic. She jogs for several seconds before realizing, God, that's so much effort. And she puts her hand on her knee and waves to the group. The final moments of this creature's life are shrieking and then silent as its form continues to burn away at the edges like parchment as the red energy continues to consume it. And we get a final shot of the assembled individuals turning to face you, Isaac and his new compatriots, the shroud of Halarishi floating above, and he 
tilts his chin at you, bobs his eyebrows, and says, You show up at the weirdest times? Hey, buddy. Hello, Pickle. Howdy. How's it going? It's snowed again. Oh. I do not care for the snow. Would you say it's cold and wet and gets everywhere? I would say that. Thankfully, it doesn't cover the whole planet. Although, now you know, think about it, that is kind of what happened in our setting, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. It's the, the ultimate apocalypse event. There's just snow everywhere. It sucks. It's just terrible. Nobody, nobody has a nice time. <laughs> Garbage. And let's say we're in Roasty Toasty Caldonics. Did you know the music this week was by Crockett and Wave Shaper and also me a little bit? Yay. For all those treat. things. Mm, it is a treat. Crockett you can find on Twitter at Crockett80s and at crockett.bandcamp.com. Wave Shaper you can find on Twitter at Wave Shaper underscore SWE and Wave Shaper the number one dot bandcamp.com. Allie you can find on Twitter at UC the Hat and our show Twitter at RPG for you and me. Even though that's mainly handled now by our social media manager, Jackie Betts. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> you bets. Savage Worlds was created by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and you can find them and their products online at peginc.com. If you would like to find us online, we're at www.rpgforyouandme.com. That's where the main show feed resides. There's art, ancestries, and arcane backgrounds and stuff. There's also a link to our Patreon. <laughs> You can find us at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Still searchable. Still searchable. Lowest tier is $2 a month. It gets you access to our patron-exclusive Discord server. And the $5 and up tier gets you access to our specific exclusive Patreon feed, which Mm -hmm. has all of Absolute Zero, a bunch of outtakes, our short run of Dupe Troop, which is a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> D&D <laughs> campaign uh, run by Allie for... It's the dumbest looking thing me, I've ever run. <laughs> for uh, me and Caleb Sunstead. Silica well, Valley. Silica Valley. Yeah. Which is a treat every time. We are starting uh, the unofficial season two for that recording-wise soon. Mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of fun for a season. There, there are a lot of memorable moments for me. I'm a big fan of Silica Valley and the character set played by Chase Absher. Thank you, Chase. We most recently dropped a three-episode mini-arc of a Rippers game with uh, the intent on bringing more Rippers content to you guys on the main feed in the future. That's the goal. That's the goal. No timeline, but months, probably. Dot, dot, dot. Insert amount of time here. Insert commas as applicable. I'd like to say thank you to some very special patrons. And again, thank you to Michael, Chase, and Valentine. Thank you, three. Thank y'all so much for the support. It means the world. It does. We're glad to have you here. We hope you're enjoying season three. It's getting uh, it's getting spicy in here. It's getting spicy in here. Maybe it'll get even spicier. Who knows? Who's to say? Maybe some other patrons would be interested in that, too. Some patrons I would like to say thank you to. <laughs> I'll do so. See how I bridge that? <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Sunstead, Jackie, Dav, Zach, and Ben Hatton. Thank you all so much for being here with us. We appreciate your support tremendously. means the world to us. You guys help make this show possible. Have a good week, y'all. We'll see you next time.